Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Privet, and this is the Reading Women Podcast, where we are reclaiming half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. And this is episode 22, where we are discussing In the Country by Mia Alvar and Interpreter of Maladies by Jhumpa Lahiri. Hello, Kendra. Hello, Autumn. I am very excited about our discussion today. I love these books. These books slayed me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you gave both of these books five stars. Did I? You did. <laughs> That's amazing. Your five-star review is like a unicorn. It is. It really is. I don't, I hardly ever give five-star reviews. Yeah. And if I do, then I usually go back later and make it four stars because I'm like, eh, it was as good as I thought it was. But no, these, what, it's been like a month and they're still five stars. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, these have the autumn stamp of approval all over them. <laughs> Which we all know matters. So yeah, and if they were published this year, they'd be in the running for the Reading Women Award, I imagine. Oh yeah, I would say easily they would be. But. Yeah. The Pulitzer, did the Pulitzer give it to Interpreter Maladies or did she just win it for a different role? No, novel? it won the Pulitzer. Pulitzer has kindly given it their stamp of approval so they got you covered it's so nice of them right it's super nice of them that we agree we have a bit of news first before we start this discussion we are super excited to announce the reading women bookstore we are doing it in partnership with zola books you can go to our website and click on the store page and we have them divided by year and you can purchase directly from our website all of the books that we have talked about on the podcast for all time. Amen. (laughs) If there's a book that you've heard us talk about and you were interested in getting it, then you can buy it directly from us and the profits come directly to us and help us pay for hosting and other things that keep this podcast cast up and going so that would be super super fabulous and it is not an affiliate link just for the record it is an actual bookstore yeah you're directly helping us and it's just pretty fabulous because we all need more books we do because i i know i feel the itch if i haven't gotten one in like a few days i think that's a problem is that a problem or like a blessing no no it's a blessing okay I'm glad. I'm glad I have the blessing of books. I'll take it. So what's the first book that we're talking about today? So the first book that we are talking about is In the Country by Mia Alvar. And this is a short story collection about Filipino people basically all around the world. We'll just say that. The theme, I guess, to summarize, to use a more traditional term, is basically a theme of exile. So people, either expats are returning to the Philippines or they live in a different country or wherever and they feel exiled. They feel like they have been put as other, that they no longer fit in or that they never fit in. This theme runs throughout the entire book. You can basically see that everywhere. So the story I really want to talk about today is uh, Miracle Worker and it's about Sally who has moved to Bahrain with her husband. He works in the oil fields. So a local woman uh, hires her to work with her daughter with special needs. The mom really thinks that the daughter will be able to quote unquote become normal. And Sally really wants the mom to realize that her daughter is is fine just as she is. She just needs extra help and that she really cannot expect a stereotypical normal life for her daughter. But the mom is giving Sally a lot like a great salary and a lot of extra perks. And so she doesn't actually say anything 
And Sally finds herself reinforcing this fantasy that this mom has. So you see Sally realizing that even though she has a great job, the mom still thinks of her as just a Filipino worker in the country. And it also talks about the status of Filipino workers in Bahrain and elsewhere, as we see in other stories. One thing that really stood out for me in the story was the way that money was perceived because so money is like a big thing in this book because a lot of the Filipinos are moving to Saudi Arabia and to Bahrain for money, like to send money home. And they're moving to America too. And so the mother that she thinks that she could buy her daughter's health. And so she brings Sally these really expensive gifts and things like that because she says that Sally is going to be her daughter's Helen Keller. And so it's interesting too to see that how like the relationship to money in this story. Yeah. And Alvar packs so much meaning into this story and you see how Sally really becomes attached to the girl and you how she's working with her and she's making like these small steps but are actually huge with someone who has her disability and she's so proud that you know the girl is learning and doing things and it's just never enough for the mom and the mom just throws money and everywhere and just the last scene which I don't want to give any spoilers but the last scene has really stayed in my mind for such a long time and the meeting behind it and the fact that such a short short story can do that is just fantastic like I don't know how Mia Alvar does it and it's amazing like because in this story like she examines three different classes so Sally and her husband are kind of in the middle class where they have a a very nice house paid for by the oil company and then there's this mother who's like way 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 wealthier has a huge house and then Sally befriends a maid who works at this woman's house who is also Filipino but she's below Sally so she kind of in the story examines different class stratas and like three different income stratas and like three different cultural stratas and like there's so much to unpack yes uh, do you remember what the other story was called where the woman gets pregnant and they're in, I think they're in Saudi Arabia. Are they in Saudi Arabia? Which story? The one where the, the woman gets pregnant and so all the women don't know whose husband it is or if it's any husband. Oh, yes. Ghost families? Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. I really, that was an interesting story. So it's talking about, oh, I'm sorry, shadow families. That's what it's called. Yeah. One of the maids gets pregnant and then it's told like almost from a chorus of like these all the wives of all the men who work on the oil line and they're kind of speculating as to like who's the father and that one was good too talking about like shadow families like meaning that there are some of the filipinos are the children of american gis who came over for the war and then went back to america so they have families like real families in america and then they have these shadow families in the philippines so that was a great story too yeah there's there's just so many different parts of exiles and one of the stories that's actually told from a a white woman's perspective she's a model and she's kind of aging out she's like her mid upper 20s and so she's like having to compete with these like teenagers basically and so she goes to the philippines to find a job and so she talks about like her auditioning and the job that she has and like how she doesn't eat like if it's a two-day shoot she does not eat in between shoots and all of this random stuff and it was just amazing the life of a model and some of the images of her interacting with people in the philippines and different things have also really stayed with me over the past year and i just 
I don't know, I just thought it was incredibly fascinating that Mia Alvar shows such versatility and range in all of these stories that she included this amazing story about a model and just the model's perspective on the Philippines. And there's like a quote that I'm paraphrasing here that says like, when you're down, if you're lucky, you're out of money. Uh, But if you're beautiful, you can still go to Asia and make money. And just like, oh my goodness, (laughs) like the social commentary there. One of the things that Alvar comments on is the modeling industry itself because there's this so it's this white girl in the Philippines modeling like as a stereotypical kind of I think they actually call her like I don't know like some sort of like Midwest like stereotypical Midwest girl and so then she but that allows her to talk about how companies she almost implies that they exploit models from other countries and like models with darker skin in the sense that like they treat them as almost like merchandise in the sense where it's like oh well we want something more exotic than last season and kind of talking about how that's disingenuous to the models themselves and it's not just about like this it's not just about this white girl who's trying to make money it's also she's kind of talking about the modeling industry at large too I always like how when someone explains how a certain industry or a different like hobby or whatever whatever it is how it works in like the everyday like whatever and so like the model is doing these awkward like beach scenes with this dude and uh, like she talks about like what do you do like you make small talk during it and just the incredible details really impressed me with like everything else that was going on her details are ridiculous yes they are fantastic one thing that I felt when reading this book was that it really helped me understand the lives of Philippine Filipinos living in Saudi Arabia and in the Persian Gulf. I had no idea that even happened. Like, I had no idea that that was even a thing until I read this book. And I was so shocked. And I was like, I had no clue because no one ever talks about it. So I really enjoyed getting to see this perspective and seeing, like, how these people live and just being exposed to the idea. And I know we, we've talked about this before it makes you realize like how small you are in the world and how little you know also like we I think we talked about this with Minjin Lee and Pachinko like as Americans we're fairly narcissistic and so it's we don't think about people moving to other countries besides America right how those two cultures would clash and like the you know, high volume of people that move from one country to another when it's not America and and your like mind is blown. I have to say that this book really changed how how I view immigrants. Again, I think that's one of the purposes of literature is like to help us empathize with people. So yeah. So yeah, uh, that is our discussion of In the Country by Mia Alvar. A very high level discussion. There's just so much in this book. It's like we could spend the whole rest of the podcast talking about it. Yeah. And I, I feel like we would have to sit here and discuss every single story and like make little outlines and charts and everything. And we would enjoy every second of it because that's the kind of people we are. Yeah. Mia Alvar is also working on a novel. So cross your fingers that it comes out in the next few years and we can read it very soon. Next on the agenda is our Audible spot. So I actually listened to both In the Country and The Interpreter of Maladies on audiobook, and I loved both of them. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. The narrators were great. I don't know about you, but I'm always trying to fit more books into my reading life. And being able, you know, do dishes or do cleaning or walk the dog or whatever, I can listen to an audiobook and get more reading time in. And it is just amazing. 
I just love audiobooks to pieces. You can use our affiliate link to get two free audiobooks when you sign up for Audible. Autumn and I both love Audible and we're always listening to audiobooks and sharing them and everything under the sun. So if you love audiobooks, then maybe you can go pick up these books or some other books that we talked about or something totally different, whatever your choice. We hope that you love audiobooks as much as we do. And I easily fit in an extra two books a month with audiobooks because I listen to them on my commute. And it's such a good use of that time. Yeah. And if you have any sort of computer work that you have to do or busy work or anything, I always love to do it when I am doing working on my computer, doing especially like data input or anything like that. It is fantastic. Major fans. Um, so that is Audible and definitely check out that link in our show notes. So our second discussion book is Interpreter Maladies by Jhumpa Lahiri. And this is a small book, but it packs a punch. Um, <laughs> It did win the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. Man, it's so hard to know where to start. I would say if it's hard. I was trying to think of like an overall theme for this book, and I might have mentioned this in the last episode, but if there is a theme, I would say that it is about home and how we define home because all of the stories are either set in America and they're people who have immigrated to America from India or they are American Indians who have lived in America and they're now like going back to India to see what it's like or like some of the stories are actually just set in India but they're also rich and varied and it's amazing that one person wrote all of these because the voice is just so distinct for each one. The first story in the book, I think, kind of sets the tone for how the rest of the collection goes. And the first story is called A Temporary Matter. So the, the title has kind of two meanings. So the first meaning is that it's this couple who lives in Boston and their power goes out or it's going to be out every day for a set amount of time while they repair the lines. So they eventually use this time to like tell each other things that they've never told each other before. And as you kind of like work your way through the story, you realize that there's a wedge between the two of them, but you don't really know what the wedge is or how it got there. You find out that they've had this really tragic event happen to them and that they kind of never recover from it. The title kind of implies that it's like a temporary thing. So like you kind of always are wondering like what's going to happen to the couple as they navigate this tragedy that's happened to them. But then it's also like infused. So even though like they're living in Boston, like there's a lot of talk about the food and like the curries that they're making and things. So it's like this like really beautiful merging of like these two different cultures. That story really started with a bang, and I that was one of my favorite stories, actually, is the first story, because you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the story, and so you're kind of sitting on the edge of your seat wanting to know what is going on, but there's, like, these amazing, like, secrets that they're telling each other that they've never told each other before, and you can see at the same time, like, their entire history of their relationship, and just the fact that she wove all that together in just a short space was just fantastic i was like how can it get better from here but it did like just yeah i was stunned when i finished that one i kind of want to read it again now that i'm talking about it so another story that i really enjoyed was the interpreter of maladies which is the story that the collection takes its title from and and this is not what i thought it would be i don't know what i thought it would be but this was definitely not the story it's about a family who they're from india and they lived in america their whole lives they're basically practically americans and as a way to kind of reclaim their 
heritage or to show that they have kids too and they kind of want to show their kids you know where grandparents grew up they go on this tour in India and they use this cab driver for multiple days and he's like a translator like kind of helps them just find their way around and early on like he observes that the mother is kind of unhappy and so then he kind of like develops this thing for her where he has like a crush and like he kind of fantasizes about wanting to like just spend time with her and then they stop at this one temple to get out and take photos and the wife stays behind feigning a headache and earlier in the story we find out that this cab driver was an interpreter for a doctor and so these people from a rural area would come to the doctor and this man would translate like their problems to this doctor so that way the doctor could treat them the wife gets up in the front seat of the cab with the man and says like starts telling him all of her problems and all of like the things that she's struggling with and he's just taken aback and he doesn't know what to do with it and he's like I don't know why you're telling me this and she says well you were an interpreter for the a doctor I thought you could help me and so it's just this really amazing story about perception and like how things are not what they seem and like the things that we assume about people I don't know like it was just it's a charming story in a way but it was also a very surprising sort of story I thought this the interpreter of maladies, like the theme that ran through that was just great. And like the title story, I was always concerned because you want the title story to be awesome. It, it really was. It was, it was very, I don't keep saying it is very good, but like, I just don't have the words to describe no, this book. I mean, it's more of a feeling and it's hard to communicate feelings sometimes. But I think every story does gave me a different perspective on the culture whether it was people living in America or living abroad. And that was something that I really, like, I think we often get very stereotyped in general. The most prevalent, I think that stereotypes are really prevalent in society. And, you know, we just get like these images in our head of what we think a certain type of person is from a certain area of the world. And it's stories like this and like in the country that kind of take those stereotypes and turn them on their head and make you look at people, groups in a way that you might not have looked at them before. Yes, definitely. And it was interesting how she covered like different groups in Indian culture and the wide range of people that she covered in different stages of their life. And like you said, each voice is unique and different. And I thought that surely like we come across a story that would sound similar, but it's as if she tried to make them all as different as possible. I can't even, as I said, I'm just, I'm just going to struggle for words for the rest of this podcast. So, okay. I'll keep uh, talking then. How's that? Okay. That's, that's great with me. So the first two stories I've talked about, one was set in Boston and the next one was set in India, but it like featured Americans practically. So then another story, just to show like the versatility of her voice, is called A Real Durwan. And it felt to me like an Aesop fable, like the way it was told and the voice of the characters and like the things that happened. And it's about this old woman named Borema. And she lives in this building and she's always talking about like how she was a princess and had all this finery and like now she's like poor and living in rags because she had to like flee her country and like no one really believes her. Um, They're like, oh yeah, she's just talking and 
then it kind of just like goes into these um these different happenings like she kind of guards the gate at this apartment building and it's kind of like where the apartments open up into a court in the center something happens and there's a robbery one day and they kind of blame her for it but it's like this like it's almost so it's almost a fable but it's almost not a fable it's almost like feels like you're trying to be taught a lesson but not really like it's kind of elusive and you're like wait a minute was there a lesson there or not and I like it was such it was such a charming story and I thoroughly enjoyed that one and then another one of my favorites was called the story's just called Mrs. Sins and it's about this woman who moves to America with her husband who is a professor at a university and she decides to she offers to watch kids during the day just to give her something to do and some income and it's from the perspective of this young american boy and he's like seeing the vegetables that she prepares and like the way she lives her life and like how formal it is compared to his mother's household his mom is a single parent and she's trying to learn how to drive and she ends up having an accident and like but no one's hurt and so it's like that story then is from the perspective of like a 10 year old or 12 i guess he's 12 12 or 13 year old like american boy so like all of the each voice is just so distinct and so different and just as good as the last one i i mean i can't i'm gonna start sounding like a broken record like i just can't say enough good things about this collection yeah i i really love that one i love how she was obsessed with fish yes and getting it like fresh and like the various ways she would connive to get to place since she didn't know how to drive. Yes. <laughs> it was so charming. Like I love like her details are just like she goes into such detail about like the embroidery on the saris and the way food smells and like I don't know, like the details just make it. It's so great. I definitely feel like it earned its Pulitzer winning title. Yeah, like we, I think we talked about this before, but like normally collections have one or two stories that just aren't up to the others. And but this one was all of them were incredible, and I now want to go read everything that Jim Bellari has ever put out ever. Oh yes, it's so good. I wish her stories are like this. Like her novels have to be fantastic. Yeah, I really want to read. Also, in blurb on here next, um, the namesake. But I've also heard The Lowlands is good. I think I first heard about her through The Lowlands. Yeah, I I just read uh, The Clothing of Books, which is an essay that she actually wrote in Italian because she either lives in Italy or lived in Italy for a long time. And so she writes in Italian now. So she actually wrote the essay in Italian and then it was translated to English. But she also speaks English in a variety of other languages, I imagine. So. Of course she does. I'm not surprised. Because of course, yes. <laughs> yes. Because she... She's like super woman. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I think that is about everything we could possibly say without just repeating ourselves over and over again. Um, and that is the Interpreter of Maladies by Dumbalahiri. So I guess that's it. If you have not already, please go and review us, um, either iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. We greatly appreciate it. And it always makes our day. And, and we cannot thank you enough, those who already have. I would also like to give a shout out to those of you who've been tagging us in your book on Instagram and on Twitter lately. It makes our day. It is so exciting to see that you're reading the books that we're recommending. And it's kind of surreal. But if there's any books that you think we should be reading that we haven't touched on or if, um, any books that you're reading because you've listened to the podcast, please, please, please tag us in it. We will repost you and sing your praises and it'll just warm our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's everything we have today. So you can um, join us next month. What are we talking about next month, Kendra? Well, it happens to be our anniversary autumn. <gasps> I 
forgot. Yes, already. our first Has year it been a year already? Uh, yes, it is hard to believe. It's at that stage where it feels like just yesterday, but yet years ago all at the same time. <laughs> time flies when you're making podcasts. <laughs> Next time, we it'll be co-host's choice. So Kendra and I have picked books that we just really desperately want to read and just have put them all in one episode. And so it will be an eclectic mix and we are so excited and it's our podcast birthday and we can do what we want. So be sure to tune in for that. (laughs) And we'll also have our most anticipated books of the second half of 2017. I am very excited about this episode. They have to be one of my favorites to record because I have a giant, giant spreadsheet of all the books that I want to keep an eye on slash read in 2017. She does. It's true. I think we might be hitting 200 something at this point. I'm not sure, but (laughs) so we're nearing it down to four a piece. So you'll definitely want to see what's in our top eight. And meanwhile, you can find me at Autumn Privet on Twitter and Instagram and let's see and other places at Autumn Privet. And you can find Kendra at KD Winchester. And thank you so much for all the love you're showing us and the reviews and the tags. We greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening to the Reading Room Podcast. Bye, guys. Storybound is a podcast where acclaimed writers read their essays and stories, which are then scored by unique and award-winning composers with each episode hosted by myself, Jude Brewer. With Storybound, you'll find a whole array of genres and musical styles, some painful yet sweet or hilarious yet tragic, all brought to you by the Podglomerate and Lit Hub Radio. Hi, I'm So Pandep. Hi, I'm Megan Angelo. This is Tommy Orange. This is Amanda Stern. This is Phil Cly. Hello, this is Stephanie Dandler. My name is Chloe Caldwell, and you're listening to Storybound. Storybound. This is Storybound. 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 This is the Storybound Podcast. Season two will be arriving on July 14th with new episodes every Tuesday, featuring writers like Stephanie Dandler, Garth Greenwell, Tommy Orange, Chloe Caldwell, and more. Make sure to subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And tell a friend, because the next best thing to hearing a great story is having someone to share it with.